Good morning and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen and I'm one of the volunteer hosts here at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we are so thankful and excited you joined us for worship today. If you're newer here, we would love to get to know you. So in the seat in front of you, there is a blue connect card. Please consider filling it out and dropping it in the giving boxes on the way out today. What you can expect is somebody from our staff will reach out to get to know you and so you can get to know Faithbrook a little bit better as well. Part of Faithbrook's vision is to create a healthy, vibrant, and spirit-guided church that not only impacts the local community, but also the world. And one way you can impact the world is by participating in our Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Campaign. You can either pick up a box and fill it up or donate items as our youth and Level Up Ministries will be filling the boxes. The deadline is November 5th, so we got a couple more weeks to donate items. We really look forward to everyone's generosity and making an impact for kids around the world. One of the things we celebrate the most here at Faithbrook is when you invite others to join us for worship. So we'd like to encourage you to invite somebody new next week as we kick off a brand new series called Build a Boat, featuring lessons from Noah. It'll be a great time for new people to experience everything that Faithbrook has to offer. Before we do that, today we've hit the two-minute warning of our current series. So please welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we wrap up our series, Game Plan. Well, I have a question for you this morning. <clears throat> what is the coolest piece of technology or invention that came into your life that you were excited about? How many here that are viewing us or in person remember when the microwave came into your family? I mean, it was a revolutionizing device, was it not? You could zap a hot dog in 40 seconds and be ready to eat. It was fascinating. Some of you remember when your parents maybe bought you a Sega Genesis station, a game system. Oh, boy. And maybe it was a day when a flat screen TV came into your house. You know, remember at one time there was like these boxy TV kind of deals, right? And now these skinny little TVs can hang on your wall. And we all maybe remember when we started getting cell phones, Yes, and they were first, you could just text, maybe call, and then we advanced to a data plan, and the whole world was in the palm of your hand. And part of that world was Facebook, yes, and Instagram. You could talk to people and see what's going on in their lives, and it's so exciting. And some invested in a lady named Alexa, right? Just a little pod that was a very helpful uh, person around the house. Alexa, uh, turn on the lights. Alexa, Alexa, play me this. Alexa, order this, right? And all this technology. Well, where do you think we're going today? I'm going to welcome you to Faithbrook. Maybe this is your first or second time. And it's MEA weekend. God is showing off with all the beautiful leaves. And people are traveling. And we're going into a new season next week. But welcome online or in person we're going to have a good time today. So we've been in this series called God's Game Plan, or Game Plan, looking at different aspects that we have to navigate through to life. And this Sunday is going to really about this technology age. It seems like technology is everywhere, is it not? It's always evolving. It's always developing. It's always listening, creeping into our life. 
There's all kinds of different generations and improvements. They tell us that we have moved from industrial age from a, to a modern age to now the digital age. Some people call it the informational age. We are just inundated with all kinds of information, 24-7, all kinds of uh, options and information, and everybody and everything seems to be online, right? You, you, you can shop online, you can pay bills online, you can have meetings online, you can even give to God through uh, the app online, yes. Some say the advancement of technology in our day and time is like the wild, wild west again. It's just you never know where it's going to go. So the question this morning is, what do we do with this? Uh, How do we navigate it spiritually, emotionally, relationally, even civilly? Uh, Does God have any uh, words for us? Does the Bible speak about it? Does he have a, a game plan for us who claim to be Christians, who would like to pursue Christianity, have some advice for us? Even if you're not a Christian, uh, God, this message could help you out uh, tremendously. This last month, we've been talking about uh, different issues in our life. Many of them are highly charged. Many people have opinions. They have emotions. Um, and there's a lot of debate. But the truth of the matter is technology has always been around us. It's always will be around us. From the beginning of mankind, uh, men and women have been inventing. We think about uh, some person in the ancient days uh, found and discovered fire and how that changed the world, did it not? Some guy down the next cave, he, he found the, the use of a wheel, and that started advancing mankind. Someone took a stick and bowed it, put a string on it, another stick, and said, hey, this is pretty handy for getting dinner tonight, the bow and arrow technology, right? We go to Jesus' days. We know that Jesus' dad was a carpenter, and he had some carpenter tools, technology, advancement. Uh, Paul would write his letters with a quill and ink, not the old stone tablets, technology, advancement. In Jesus and Paul's day, the Roman Empire was greatly advancing, and they started figuring out engineering. And between their uh, talents, they started uh, producing roads and bridges. First society started introducing water systems and sewer systems. We advanced up to the 1500s, and then some guy invented the printing press. That really changed the world. In fact, it changed Christianity. And now the holy book could be in in the average person's hands through the printing press. Eventually, America would come on board. And in America, God just graced a lot of founders. One was Benjamin Franklin that discovered electricity. You talk about a world changer. All of a sudden, we could have light bulbs. We could have the telephone. There's all kinds of advancements for everyday life. The Wright brothers discovered flying, and that changed. The railroad was advancing and bringing all kinds of applications to people's lives. The steam engine, the automobile, the radar, x-ray, microscopes, the TV, the pill. And then there was the computers, Nintendos, and then the internet, the change of the century. Next thing you know, there's all kinds of applications, social media, YouTube. I'm just thankful that somewhere down the line, someone discovered the toilet and duct tape. Amen? Right. And a lot of these advancements, there was resistance. 
In fact, in the 70s, the publishers and writers were uh, outraged that Xerox came up with a photocopier. Before that was a mimeograph machine. Maybe some of you remember you had to ink this machine and crank it if you're going to have any kind of copiers. But all of a sudden, electronically, you could just put a piece of paper and it would make a photo of it and just start making copies. They said that what the printing press uh, did was make everyone a reader and Xerox now would make everyone a publisher. And we couldn't have that because the publishing companies would crash and the writers would be in jeopardy. It didn't happen. You think of YouTube today, now everyone can be a producer. We don't have to watch just regular TV. But what's complicating things these days, or another wrinkle in this in rapid advancement, is the AI, artificial intelligence. Have you heard about this? Right, that it's advancing and people are worrying about it, people are wondering about it. They say that we already are using AI every day. If you have a data phone and you're texting, uh, there's going to be some words that pop up because it's using uh, intelligence to, to remember what you've used and suggest to you. If you do a search engine, all of a sudden there's all kinds of uh, different uh, topics that will come up. That's artificial intelligence. If you use a GPS on your phone and gives you directions, that's artificial intelligence. But what's changing in AI is now there is a generative AI. This is uh, intelligence that is learning, that is mimicking, and now can create without your help. From faces to languages, and people are, are, are skeptical of this. There's, there's some fear. Uh, people are using it to uh, mimic and, and scam people. Uh, corporations are now trying to replace people maybe with robots or AI. Uh, academic is worried about plagiarism and, and students just uh, using AI to give their reports or papers. Uh, even relationships. I was watching the, the nightly news a couple months ago and they had a young lady who shared that she has a relationship, a romantic relationship with this being on her tablet, this AI. And, and because this AI can create and, and knows her, that they have these conversations in real time. And she says, I'm lonely, and, and this person loves me, and this person likes me. I'm like, it's artificial. It's not even real. How, how sad. Well, technology and advancements shouldn't surprise us if we are Christ followers we notice that in the Bible, there are clues that God has it all in control, and God has given mankind brains and abilities and talents to create and create very well. We see a clue in Psalms 104 that says, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. Your works from the trees and the mountains to calculators and computers, God has allowed that, and it has been created, and we know them full well. In the Gospel of John, first chapter, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Okay, so God understands uh, where this is all going, um, and the technology and the advancements. God made all things and knows about it. But there's a lot of debate on how we should manage it, uh, how our kids should to use it, uh, in, our, in our day and time. Uh, many would say we need to embrace it. Uh, it's a benefit for our life and our businesses. Uh, for example, we think about advancements mechanically. 
Um, in my lifetime, if you was in a, a, screw, a, a screw, you had to have an old-fashioned screwdriver. Remember that, right? Now you have electric drill. Hey, man, is that a blessing, right? Environmentally, there's been all kinds of blessings and advancements. Medically, there's been all kinds of advancements. I was talking to a gentleman the other day, and he's having surgery. He says, that my surgeon is going to use a device to control some robotic arms. It's less invasive. There's going to be like four of them going into my body to, to take care of this issue. I was like, that's amazing, right? Uh, at the turn of the century, the, the internet started exploding with all kinds of search engines. There's knowledge and information at the tips of our fingers. We can go anywhere. We can learn any language, see things like never before. Now, I'm so old that, that I remember when people were talking uh, about this little company called Google, and I thought that, that's kind of a goofy name, right? Who names their company Google, some kind of little search engine, right? There was another company called Apple. You know, that's just a fruit, no big deal, right? And now they've taken over the world, right? We're all subservient to, to Google and, and Apple. And, but personally, it, it's been a, an advantage for me. You know, in the old days, if you, if as a minister, you had to buy books and commentaries and you had to go to the book and figure out where that was and maybe look at the index and see if you want to find a reference. And, and nowadays, I have to admit, you know, I'm thinking, what is that verse? It starts with this, this. I just search that thing and boom, there's, you know, there, that's what I'm looking for, right? Or I want to check something out. And just because of the information age and the internet, it's, it's, time, it's saved a lot of time in my life. How to communicate. I can communicate faster with multiple people through uh, technology in the digital age. Let's face it. Uh, some people are taking advantage of, of shopping. is made uh, easier online. We can search jobs. We can review restaurants. We can even review churches. Today, there's people watching this, this church online that is around the nation because of technology. And all that technology in the last, I don't know, a couple of years, whatever, has come down on our phone. We now have our laptop in our hand. It's easily accessible. And there's all kinds of cool apps that help our life and advance our life. Uh, one of the best apps we like at our family is just tracking your family right? So I get home, my wife's not home. And instead of calling her or texting her, where are you? She's driving. She can't text back. I just push that button and I see her driving around where she's, oh, she's going to be home in a little bit, right? Friday, we're trying to track our, our, our teenager. He's going up north with our teenagers for this retreat. And it's like, well, how far are they? And we hit that tracking thing. And there he is on highway 94. And what's so unique about this, this little app who could tell us how fast the vehicle is going and wondering if our sponsor is going over the limit. Yes. I mean, super advanced, right? It's kind of, kind of cool. Nowadays, you know, you don't always have to get on the phone and, and ring and see if they're there and leave a message. You can just text your friend. You can text multiple friends or family members at the same time. Group texting, right? It's advanced. It's helped. Amen. How, how many of you are praising the Lord that GPS is on your phone? Amen. I mean, how do we get to directions and, and make sure we're going to there? We just say, hey, I want to go to this address. Boom, boom, boom. This is the best way. Uh, routes. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, we, we think about uh, music. We think about entertainment. Uh, it used to be CDs or an iPod, right? Now we have streaming. We have Spotify. We have our playlist. We can just manipulate that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And then this social media came apart, right? This Facebook and, and X and Instagram and chat and all, all these things, right? And we're checking on our friends. 
We're checking on our, our family members. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes even senior citizens love Facebook because for once they're kind of keeping up with their nephews and, and nieces. As a pastor, I, I, I peruse you guys. It, it kind of lets me know what's happening in your life. Oh, someone went to a wedding. Someone's on vacation. Their kid got a trophy, whatever. I kind of enjoy that. Uh, I don't have to call you and, and wonder what's happening. I, I kind of can see things, right? There's YouTube channels. I've saved thousands of dollars uh, because I can watch someone else do fix a tire or something. I can do that, right? There's a, all kinds of blessings and advancements. Probably the, one of the best ones is how God has used technology for the Bible. I don't know, 15 years ago, Life Church uh, came out with the version Bible app, and it's the most popular Bible app uh, that is around. They say that over 500 million downloads uh, of the Bible are placing on people's phones. And this Bible, the version is throughout the whole globe. Every country, someone is walking around with the Bible on their phone. It's in 20... 20- 200 different languages. It has 800 different Bible plans for our everyday life. It's super accessible. Uh, the other day, I, I was um, looking, looking, someone was asking me where I didn't bring my Bible. Uh, where's, your, where's your Bible? I said, well, I always have my Bible. Before, I had to make sure that I was uh, lugging this around, right? But now I'm at home in my car, in the park, at friends. I can show the Bible. I got 20 different translations, all kinds of languages, right? Because of the advancement of technology. Here at Faithbrook, we really like promoting our, our free app to you, the Right Now Media. It's kind of like... Um, the Bible study Netflix, right? There's over a thousand different uh, content and teachings that you can look anywhere at any time. It's available to you. All kinds of kingdom-minded advancements because of technology. So we can tell that technology has improved our life. Hopefully it's improved our soul. But many of you know that there are some ill effects of technology. There can be some harmful things that happen. Uh, when you get on that internet and, and there's some bad actors out there, uh, they're lurking around maybe to capture our attention, to take us down a, a rabbit hole we don't need to be down. There's some creepers that might be after us or our kids. Pornography is so available. It's just uh, prolific on how it's advancing and, and many people are getting captured by that. And there's always the scammers and that clickbait that wants to, to get our attention. We think about social media and how nowadays people can have all kinds of discussions, but a lot of times it turns into heavy debates, harsh words, insults, bullying, division, like never before. Someone said we are saying things online that we would never say personally. We just have that option, and everyone can have an opinion. Also, we think about this advancement. Now we don't really have to use our brains too much, right? We just always have an app. We don't know how to do math sometimes. We don't know how to read a map. Uh, We don't have to um, ask directions. They say even uh, teenagers don't even know how to flirt personally anymore. Uh, Their girlfriend or someone can be sitting over there. Instead of talking to them personally, they'll just be sending texts and emojis or something like that. We lost that art. It's like we shut down the brain. Someone said if we told people the brain was an app, they might readily more use it, right? We're just so dependent on this technology and applications. 
And the corporate world has used it to their advantage. They now know that employees are 24-7 accessible because of technology. No matter where you're at, they can always ping you. They can always send you an email. They can just flood you in your life. And so before you know it, you, you, you are working late at night, uh, working and not being present because all this information and technology we find that our heads are down, not across. Our eyes are, are, are looking at some screen. And there's a lot of things that we have not seen in our life because of digital technology. In fact, some of the beautiful colors our teenagers or our kids might be looking at their tablet rather than God's creation. Not to mention the addictability of these streams and these reels that so capture our attention. Um, the corporations know that the, how to wire our brain and our young people's brain to be so uh, enamored by the entertainment and the fun and the excitement before they know it, they're not talking, uh, they're not uh, uh, listening, and, and, and then they are depressed or they're easily bored. Uh, they're losing the ability to be creative because someone's already created it online. And let's face it, if you're young or old, we're all overly dependent on our phones and our technology. How many of you have ever lost your phone or left your home without your phone? And before you know it, you're like, oh my goodness, I cannot survive without my phone. I have to go back and get it. We are kind of uh, enamored by it. Uh, they tell us that the average person checks their phone 92 times a day. Every 10, 12 minutes, we got to check our phone to see if some news came through or someone's contacting us, and we're just uh, attached to this technology. So it sounds like technology has improved our lives to some degree, but a lot of times it has harmed our relationships. A lot of times it's eroding on that, that relationship time. Mark Gashner, founder and executive director of MediaShift, said, and our families." Smartphones, TVs, computers, laptops, all have major place in our living spaces. They're, they're sitting right by us. They are essential to communication and entertainment. Because they are always on and always there, it becomes much easier to spend time on our own, in our own world, on our own devices. Have you found that true? Instead of talking to your family members or interacting, you just find yourself looking down at your own device in your own little world. Now, all this technology and all this advancements can be overwhelming at times. It can be frightening at times. And so the question is, does God care about this? If we are in this new modern age that's advancing rapidly, does he have a plan for us? Does he want us to care about his plan? How do we navigate this? What, what are some principles that we can take from us? Well, um, the truth of the matter is uh, the digital and technology wasn't in Jesus' day, wasn't in Paul's day, uh, but are, are, is there anything the Bible can help us navigate through this? Well, I want to take you to a, a principle, if you will, or a game plan that's found in, in the New Testament. It's in, found in the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Now, I know that you're all Bible scholars but some of you might not know that the, in the middle of the New Testament, there's some letters from the Apostle Paul to a church of Corinth. And uh, there's two letters, one and two. Uh, actually, Paul wrote four letters. Archaeologists only discovered two. Now, Paul's always writing to this church. He didn't have a, a computer or a phone. Uh, he's writing because they're writing him. He's the founder of this pastor, but he's not there anymore. He's left them. And so they got all kinds of problems. 
Uh, if you look at all the different churches he planted in the New Testament, Corinth was the most problematic church. Uh, they are highly dysfunctional uh, because they didn't grow up like everyone else. They grew up in Corinth, and Corinth is a, a Greek, very modern, secular, civilized, sophisticated city. Uh, it's growing. It's a port city. Uh, many of them were coming out of pagan religions, uh, Greek uh, mythology, and uh, the goddess... Um, Ephrodites, she's got a nice uh, temple up there, and there's a lot of sexual practices, and that was all intertwined to their religion and their worship. And so here comes the, the hope of Christ and the message of Christianity, and they're like, come out amongst them. Uh, Christ is the real God. He rose from the dead. He loves you. And, and so uh, several of them said yes to Jesus, and so they're trying to group up in this local church, right? And they also have some Jewish Christians. They're from the old school, right? Judaism, which man, you better play by the rules. You better be circumcised, right? And God has a lot of expectations. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in, in a local church, right? Trying to uh, love each other, different backgrounds, different cultures. And there is a lot of uh, squabbles and hurts and problems. And every time there's a problem, there's an issue. They're writing to Pastor Paul to say, hey, what do you think about this? We got some tension over here. Uh, half the time they're debating on, hey, uh, people in our church are eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol. That's not right. How dare those, right? Other people are just taking liberties with their sexuality. That's not right, right? Others are saying, hey, uh, you know, that these are just minor things. Let's focus on the major things that we are saved by grace through faith. Some of them are throwing out the, the Christian faith card to say, hey, there is Christian freedom in Christ. It's not all about rules. I am saved by faith. So, so give me some freedom here. Christ loves me. It's a big deal. And so, so Paul has to write back to them. And I think what he's going to say to them it's going to help us have a game plan for modern day uh, technologies if you want to be more like Christ and feel like that, that's part of uh, God's plan. Because God has a plan for you. And remember, his plans are good for you. So, so what is his plan? So Paul writes and uh, he, he shares in 1 Corinthians six twelve, I have a right to do anything. You say, but, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to, to do anything, but not, I will not be mastered by anything. Now, he is repeating their phrase, the, the freedom card, the Christian believer's card. Hey, I can do anything. Uh, these things are not essential. Yes, he says. However, but not everything is beneficial. Now, if you go four more chapters, you'll see him state the same thing almost, but he uses another term instead of beneficial. He uses not everything is constructive. Where he's going with this is the original concept. Is it, is it edifying? All right. Here's the game plan. All right. You're, you're saying that technology in this, in this case is no big deal or eating meat to idols is no big deal. It's benign. There's, it's not moral. It's kind of neutral. But then you got to ask yourself, is it edifying? Is it constructive? Is it healthy in my life? We have to filter in this game plan everything through God's purpose. Where are we going in our life? It really begs the question, what is our purpose in life? Is it to fulfill us? Is it for, for us to just have the most comfortable, fun, entertaining uh, life? And so we're just going to absorb everything and just have self-gratification instantly and, and easy. Or is it motivated to maybe be more like Christ? And if that's true, 
Is this being beneficial to that goal? Is it edifying my soul? Is it edifying to the people around me? I want to live by God's game plan. God has a game plan, and his game plan is good for me. You know, one of the things that personally grieved my heart is how many people I find that just choose to do the easy thing in life, right? God has such a wonderful thing, life plan. His, his principles and his disciplines, his values are so life-giving in the long run, not to mention eternal life, right? But a lot of people are like, oh, you know, preacher and the Bible, I just want to do whatever I want to do this Friday. I just want to sit. And I'm just going to do the easiest thing, right? I'm going to watch whatever I want to watch. If I don't care if it's healthy or not. It's just fun, giggly, let's do it, right? Kind of reminds me of Jesus' warning back when he was speaking in the Gospels when he says, For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. That's kind of our society. Man, wide is the road that leads to destruction, and everybody seems to be on it. Hey, don't don't crimp me, right? Don't give me a game plan. I don't want, I'll just follow my own game plan, and that's the easiest route. It's wide, and it's going to lead to destruction in the long run. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road, or I'd say life, that leads to life. And only a few will find it. It's those people who discovered that real life, real satisfaction, eternal life is through the narrow way. And it also has to do with our, our way we handle digital things. Because God wants us to give a whole life, a, a free life. It's no accident that Jesus says, man, I've come to give you life to the abundant or the full life. So what do we need to do? Sure, we could say, hey, everything's uh, open to me. This, there's nothing morally wrong with any of the stuff that I'm watching or the time that I'm allowing in my life. But the person on the narrow road that wants to live by God's game plan is going to ask, hey, is this beneficial to me? Now, the second part of this game plan in this verse is the second part where he says, yeah, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Paul says, you know, you might claim that, you can think that, but for me, I'm not going to be mastered by these, these temptations because we are vulnerable. And I would submit to you that technology and the amount of technology, we are very susceptible of just being eaten away uh, with, with the, the information that's coming in their eyes and our minds. So he uses the word master. I will not be mastered by anything. Master means to be enslaved. Master means to be dominated, overpowered. And I would suggest to you that the tech companies are looking into this, that they want to overpower us. They want to enslave with us. They're going to send out just the right amount of time and reels and information and entertainment that we almost get addicted to it, and we just need to be on it constantly instead of with God or with others. I can find myself sometimes uh, uh, going down a rabbit hole of some fun, entertaining things, and I'm just chewing up some time, Right? I might be looking at some, some fishing things or some um, funny things or sports things, and all of a sudden there can be something inappropriate that comes to my way. Oh, well, that's really alluring, right? And it trips us up and sucks us into something inappropriate, ungodly, that's going to damage us and damage our, our family, etc. So we have to ask ourselves, hey, uh, what's going on here? What's interesting, chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians Paul, it's like, hey, you can say this, but, but you got to ask yourself, are you going to be mastered by it? In fact, he gets some warnings in chapter 10 to this Corinthians Christians about the ancestors of the Jews back in the Old Testament. 
He says, you know that God had a plan for their life and that was for the promised land. That was going to be an awesome life for them. They were in the desert and they were pilgrimage, but they started compromising. They started getting their eyes off of, of Christ and, and God. And next thing you know, there's consequences. Don't do this. Sure, you can say, hey, it's no big deal. But you got to ask, is it beneficial? And come to that determination that I'm not going to be mastered by anything. Sure, technology can improve and has improved our life. But if you don't master your technology, my friends, it will master you. If you do not master your technology, it's going to try its best to master you. You know, the companies down the street, they understand that a lot of times they're losing uh, production from their employees because they are getting on that phone, they're looking at some social media apps, and it's just eating up their time production. They're not becoming very good employees. We see this showing up with spouse relationships instead of talking to each other. Man, there's something more entertaining uh, or stimulating that they're watching on their phones or their computers, and there's not much interaction. It's very easy to just find your little silo of your political beliefs and your values and your friends and, and your little bubble, and that's the only voices that you are hearing and not listening to other people's voices or opinions. And speaking of that, sometimes there's too many voices, right? There's too many voices that, that say that they're experts. Uh, just because you have followers, just because you have a channel, doesn't necessarily make you an expert. Uh, from parenting uh, to psychology to, to maybe uh, you know, mowing your grass, uh, you've got to be careful of these followers. Are they necessarily the voice that you want to uh, listen to? So God's plan according to this principle in the Corinthians, is moderation. Because moderation makes you the master. See, moderation, limiting, makes you in control. It makes you the master. Are you in control or is your technology mastering you? I think uh, there's a couple of strategies that I want to um, in do, introduce you to that might help me, help you uh, navigate, uh, that we um, use some moderations and not always being mastered by it. First analogy or strategy that I'd like to introduce you to is kind of view uh, um, what's on your screens, either it's vegetables or uh, desserts. So a lot of times, the contents on our screens or our phones um, are not always the same. Uh, when you look at your, what your kids are watching, there's a lot of good content, just like uh, food, um, that are good for us. Uh, some foods, you know, might be really neutral. Let's say a banana, right? Uh, uh, but some foods are edible. They're not going to kill us, not going to poison us. But we know if we eat too many, you know, uh, Oreo cookies there, or if we eat just, just pounds and pounds of popcorn, right, it's going to uh, make us uh, explode. It's going to cause some uh, cavities and unhealthiness, right? So you got to ask yourself, hey, what I'm watching here is just, it's, it's all edible, right? But is it healthy for me? Is it beneficial for me? Uh, for your kids, you, you put a screen, what are, what are they watching? Most parents I know try to be proactive with their diets, uh, I, I, most parents, as the kid says a snack, they try to find something like fruit or nuts or, or some cheese, and here you go. Can you imagine uh, a family member saying, here, here's just a big uh, bowl of jelly beans and M&Ms all day, right? You're just like, no, that's not cool, right? That's almost dangerous, unhealthy. It's the same way what we're letting allow our kids to watch. Is it uh, edifying? Is it something beneficial? 
And the truth of the matter is there's some awesome, great stuff that can help our kids learn, grow in their faith, uh, interact, etc. But it's a good little tool, strategy to help us navigate. Um, Through it all, there's also questions. So again, if you want to monitor your life, if you want to lead by God's plan, you have to ask some questions of what's your view. And let's say there's a thousand movies out there you can pick. Uh, You're going to sit down and have movie night, maybe you and your spouse or by yourself or your kids, you know. Uh, It's just something that, that, that needs to come into my mind, all right? What are the values here going on? Because not everything on the screens or the movie selections are beneficial for our soul, right? Some of them are very benign, entertaining, wonderful, funny. Uh, that's like awesome. But we have to ask those questions. Is this something that can help me uh, beneficial? Then I'm going to use that technology. I'm going to use that screen. Uh, another uh, strategy that you might use with technology um, is, is, is setting some boundaries. Just, just take, for instance, food. You know, the, the nutritionist tells us that, man, you can eat all you want of the vegetables, the things on the right, no problem, have at it. <laughs> but you have to limit yourself, set some boundaries on the things on the left because they could harm you and hurt you. It's the same with our technology. We've got to limit um, ourselves in our technology. Uh, for instance, time limitations. I've ran into some families that have some apps on their phone and they correspond with their kids' uh, tablets and screens that they limit the time that they have uh, with their their, their phone. Let's say they say, well, you can have two, three hours a day on your screens, right? I've been around them actually where their their kids have to go to their parents and say, hey, can I have more time on my screens? Um, And I thought, wow, that's a good little tool that they're not going to let their kids just eat up their whole time uh, with, with their screen and devices. In my house, we have a couple of boundaries, uh, limitations. For instance, at the dinner table, there's no f- phones. We're going to set them aside. We need to interact with each other, have some questions, uh, etc. My 14-year-old's phone has to come up to our bedroom at 9 o'clock. He's responsible for that. And in our world, there's no reason why my teenagers, at least at this age, or kids need to have a screen in their bedroom for them to just go hide and just go anywhere on their screen. So there's not going to be screen. And so bring up your phone and uh, then you have to interact with the family. Oh boy, right? Uh, get to know each other, right? Some, some boundaries. Some people have uh, offered the idea of digital Sabbaths, uh, where you rest from your devices. It could be an all day. It could be an afternoon or an evening and say on this day of the week, no devices, no screens. We're just going to take a break from that. Uh, some people have found uh, the value of turning off their notifications, that we don't always have to uh, get to that notification and respond to it or watch that to take a break from that because of too much of the, of the information, too much of something that's not that healthy can eventually cause uh, tooth get decay to soul decay in their life. See, the key is, the game plan is moderation makes you the master. Paul said, yes, you have the right to do anything to some degree, absolutely. But not everything is beneficial, and I am not going to be mastered by anything. You know, I've found the most productive, healthy families are those who practice this moderation. They want to be intentional about their life. They know that there's all kinds of um, options and dilemmas out there, and so they have to be proactive and say, no, we're not going to do it all, from our time to our finances 
to how we uh, to pursue our dreams, our defense plan from our threats and insecurities. We're going to be proactive. And part of that is moderation. So it doesn't master us, but we master it. And God wants us to have a game plan. And his game plan is good for us to ask questions. Hey, is this healthy for me? Is this how much time? Maybe you take some time with your spouse and say, hey, am I on my phone too much around you? Am I answering email too much around you? Do you need more of my time? Is there some boundaries? Maybe we just turn off the screens at a certain time, all the screens, and and maybe read or play a game or something. Set some boundaries, ask some questions, and follow God's game plan. Well, thank you for viewing us today and worshiping with us. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we'll close out today with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we close today by knowing that we do live in a special time in world history. Never before have we had these devices and technology. We know, God, that you have the whole world in your hands, and you gave men and women the ability to advance, uh, to invent. And there's been a lot of blessings, including your kingdom going forward. And Father, we now are asking for you to give us some some wisdom on how to handle everyday life with technology. Help us to be wise. Help us to be disciplined and to, to go forth to follow who you are and be about who you are. Would you bless these good people as they take on the week? Um, help them enjoy their day, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. God bless.